guys welcome to episode 19 19 wow how did that happen how did that happen what's happened the world's gone crazy um yeah so hi we are all back it's good friday we just don't care it's a bank holiday and everyone's down the beach we're just going to do this anyway because at the end of the day all of our hundreds of listeners um are worth more to us than sunshine and time with our families and 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 walking along the beach uh, on a day off for most people oh 100 so here we are super dedicated and here for your lovely soft listening ears so yeah it's um it's been um a good week for me uh, personally um uh, for the last eight weeks for some crazy insane reason I decided to um I wanted to offer people who I'm going to train uh or, or already training um just something else so I decided to train to be a Pilates teacher completely out of my comfort zone not something I've ever done before so I didn't actually know what Pilates actually was which is also something I've never done before um but yeah, I gave it a try and I kind of thought it was okay. So uh, yeah, put myself through loads of stress for no reason. <laughs> but no, it was really cool. And I've sort of on reflection, which I we did, we did feedback and reflection. Um, it also, um, not only did I qualify, by the way, I know, amazing. Thanks. Um, but yeah, it's I've still obviously got to now learn how to teach it, but, um, but I've got the main bit, but... It's also given me um, confidence on teaching classes on Zoom because obviously before this, I've never done any of that. I didn't do anything during lockdown or whatever. Um, but having to do it, um, I had no choice. That was the way the course was done. So um, it's really given me, you know, getting it all set up and putting my lights up and stuff like that and actually um, making me learn how to use my Mac, uh, which was another thing. But um, so yeah, that's been pretty cool. And my feedback was amazing. Uh, they loved um, my class. The main assessor was, I could not believe it. I'd only been doing it eight weeks and never actually had any experience before teaching um, something like that. So, and I, you know, I, I just, again, it comes down to my, um, my background doing exercise to music. I just think if you've done that training, which people don't do anymore, uh, it never leaves you and pretty much anything you do after that will always just fall nicely into um, a rhythm and um, yeah so it's been a really good week from that point of view um, so yeah and then uh, myself and Tom did a, a live three minutes after I got in from a four and a half hour walk sweating with a beetroot face and was like, well, do you want to just do it now? I was like, yeah, why not? Yeah. See, see me in my natural, <laughs> see me in my natural environment of, of this is what I'm going to look like all the time when I do classes. Okay. Uh, at least I'll recognize me. Eh? Um, so we sort of did that and that was really cool. And we, we, it went a bit wrong at the beginning and then it kind of went right in the end. So um, yeah, that was really cool. And again, you know, that, that's sort of my growth, uh, throughout the last couple of months is that you know uh, another time I would have found that very very stressful and just said no I can't do it today I, I, I've just walked in and be worried about how I would be perceived or looked at because I, I wasn't you know hadn't got done my makeup or checked my hair I just literally walked in and, and you know so it, there's been a lot of growth there in the last eight weeks I, I can see that um so yeah so I've 
made a point of being more active now that I've finished the Pilates course as well. Um, you know, we are booked in a lot of these walks and stuff because I just need to, I know I need to start moving more now um, and getting myself on track. And especially with um, my food, again, it, it's funny. Um, I have spoken to Tom about this, who's going to be my kick-ass trainer, but um, I, I do keep an eye on my weight. And even though uh, this last probably three months, I haven't trained at all. Um, all I've done is Pilates and walk. Uh, it's been quite interesting because despite me feeling like I've let my diet go, um, I clearly have just got a basically very good eating pattern and make good choices because actually my weight has barely fluctuated over the last three months because I've been keeping an eye on it. Uh, that was your advice that you gave me, Tom. And But it's quite interesting to look at the fact, but what has changed because I'm not weight training and haven't done for four months is my ratio. So I, I'm, I'm sort of quite glad now looking back, sort of analyzing it, that I know my diet's kind of okay. I just need to, like we've talked about in all the podcasts before, get that deficit going once I start moving more. Um, and then I need to get my muscles back. Yeah. You know, and that's basically what has always worked for me. Um, I'm not, you know, I, I'm very fortunate that I'm knowledgeable about what my body needs. I'm knowledgeable about the fact that I do need to really focus on protein, but I'm also very much into, um, you know, I take, I drink greens, but I'm very much into salads and vegetables are really important for me. Uh, just for kind of like not having any brain fog really mm. um so i'm i'm really really looking for, I'm, I'm now my mind's shifted a little bit i'm really looking forward to just getting back into more structured eating um you know having those nice foods that i like um and plus i'll be busier so i won't be i won't be at home sort of sitting i won't you know, like just go and have a lump of cheese for no reason that type of thing um so yeah, so it's but I've I've had a little mind shift um, this week, uh, and I think it was a lot to do with um, finishing the Pilates course. I think literally as soon as I got that result, it felt like a this okay that's done move on you know that, it literally felt like that. Put that over there for a minute. You've got the qualification now. I know I've got a lot to learn um, because eight eight weeks and a few practices and a you know a forty five minute class doesn't make you a an amazing teacher who can like do classes all week so um there's quite a lot of science behind the moves and why they're done and i really want to actually understand them um the breathing and why you do them a certain way so i've got a lot more study to do but now i haven't got the pressure to do it i'm almost kind of looking forward to it do you know what i mean yeah so, yeah so i'll be doing all that stuff so yeah it's um sunshine's helping Definitely. you know i've managed to stay out of the wheelchair you know the hips just hanging in there at the moment but i'm just going to walk it through walk it through <laughs> power through if you like <laughs> but um I, I i will go to the chiropractor that week. he'll do his he'll just click me back and then i'll be all fine again so in the meantime i'll just power through so but yeah so it's been a I, i'm sort of starting to feel the going to snap vibe now so um it's all and it's just suddenly come round like from there and now it's kind of there, you know, 
and, mm-hmm. and I have no idea what I'm walking into. I know I don't, I don't even remember what the gym looks like. I, I don't know what's there. It's, it's kind of like going to be like this fresh, really, really fresh start. And I just hope, I just hope um, that I'll actually get started and stay started. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because um, I haven't really got going. So um, that that's what I'm really looking forward to is actually just having a good run, you know, and, and seeing where it takes me. So. So all good vibes over here. So how you been? How are my little chickens been this week? Um, well, I'll go. Yeah, I mean, I'm in a very good headspace. Like, uh, I think, you know, from our last talk where we got kind of real and I opened up about trying to manage my manic behavior that um, that I've, I've dealt with over the last like 10 years of just constantly wanting to achieve things and constantly wanting to fill my day up with things that are work related and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like each week is, you know, getting better. I'm able to, I don't think I'm ever going to change from that. Like I'm always going to be very driven to succeed in things. I don't like doing things by half. So I want to do whatever I'm doing, I want to give it everything, but I think I'm getting better at going, there's a time in my day that that's where I'm going to be like that. And then the other times switch off, you know, yeah. might leave my phone out of sight. So I can't be tempted to, you know, do check things. It, check something uh, or whatever, yeah. And the good thing I've been doing is shutting the laptop at a certain time and going for a quick walk to get away from the, the you know, potentially just sitting on the laptop and just carrying on into the evening um and just remembering to go in and check in on people and you know um and make sure that i'm spending quality time with the people that um that ultimately you know mean the most to me but um and yeah and you know just i feel like you know as as the first part of lockdown kind of finished i'd done so much that i then the second part of lockdown i was kind of like doing things i didn't need to do but i was just filling my days up and like now I feel like everything's done and I'm just ready for the gyms to open and kind of life to go back to normal but I'm at peace with it you know I'm just kind of I'm not going oh I can't wait till April 12th I'm just like April 12th will come but enjoy the day anyway enjoy this time right now where it's got a big stigma April 12th that literally 100,000 people are going to go to the gym but reality is it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> and you know, for us, it's a big thing because it's yeah. our livelihood that is coming back in. But again, a lot of I think a lot of people will go back to the gym. Yeah. I think it's important for people to understand why they're going back to the gym and spending this time to kind of set themselves goals. And it all, you know, a goal for me is always personal, so it doesn't matter what your goal is, but no. have, a, have a clear idea of why you're going back in there, so you can make it sustainable and you can be consistent with it. Um, but apart from that, yeah, good vibes over here. Good. So, how you been, Paul? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now I know you haven't had the best week, and no, I, no. I, it's been a. Shock. And I saw your post on Instagram, and I think it, it's very, very brave of you, but also very helpful of you to actually like share that because I think you're absolutely right. What you said, you know, it, it people don't say the real story <laughs> and I think that's what we've always agreed haven't we all along like from the Jim and Tonic podcast number one before we even hit record that day 
we always said, didn't we? Let's just keep it real. Let's do it. We've made us, all of us have made ourselves really yeah. quite vulnerable at times um, and got nothing but good stuff back, really. Yeah. You know? And I think my post today was for not to draw attention to the fact that I've had a shit week because I've had a shit week. Um, yeah. But it's the just trying to find a way to kind of normalize it um, yeah because i think you know i'm i've spoken about my mental health over the last however long uh, that we've been doing yeah. the last 19 episodes i've spoken about it quite a few times i try not wow. to find it away um but at the same time it's there's, there's a lot of parallels that can be drawn from it in terms of my journey at the moment my focus at the moment is probably more on my mental health than my physical health my physical health i know yeah yeah well yeah i don't blame you it's going to jump quite significantly yeah just out of interest yeah um i've been on the what you just said um do you feel that when you go back to the gym if when and start training again and you know and and shifting your focus back do you think that will escalate your recovery uh, it, or do you think it won't make a lot of difference. I think it would definitely help. Um, but again, a lot of that is going to be from having routine, feeling structure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interaction, that kind of stuff. So there's lots of benefits that's going to come from it. The, I think what I wanted to kind of highlight in terms of with my post, post that I put out today in particular is, is not just to normalize the fact that everybody, you know, loads of people suffer with, the, with mental health issues. Loads of people have difficult times. The bit that I was trying to, more for probably more for myself than anyone else and in contradiction to what people recommend you should do is to highlight the fact that it doesn't matter what progress you're looking for whether it's you know physical progress in the gym whether it's dietary progress in terms of dropping weight whether it's trying to overcome mental health issues that you've suffered progress is never linear and I'm you know I, I say it till I'm blue in the face to my clients that you know you you're not always going to have best weeks. It's not, you're not going to be perfect every single yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's really important. I mean, I, I, yeah, I think it's really important to tell them that. Lose, we lose sight of the fact that that's the same, whether it's recovery, whether it's progress, whether it's weight loss, whether it, whatever it is, you're never going to be 100% every single day. Um, and I know I've struggled, the, what I've struggled with most this week is not, you know, being six weeks into therapy and seeing all of my scores week on week in terms of all of the things I get asked, getting better and better, and then having the week that I've had this week, instantly you're like, great, I've gone back to square one. And it's very difficult to manage that yeah. mindset. And it gives me, it's given me more of an insight in terms of what people probably struggle with from a dietary perspective in terms of progress. And that when you do have those days where it doesn't go to plan, that, that there's that freaking out. And then someone knows. And then they give up. That, that's yeah. where the binge cycle starts, isn't it? Yeah. And and that's a big thing. And, and I wanted to take the opportunity to post on social media because quite often I run my business on, on, online, as we know, quite often you're encouraged that social media is your highlight reel. It's your shop window. You shouldn't open yourself up to certain things. You should only post stuff that's going to help boost your business. And do you know what? Positive things. I, I feel like we've got to a state, I, I was chatting to a client today. We've got to a state where obesity is such an issue because people don't know how to eat healthy. We've got to a point where mental health is such a big issue because people don't know how to look after their minds. And it's going to take people talking about things honestly for it to get addressed. And that's why the, you know, that's why I did the post today. It's not, 
you know it's, it's not like oh i want some i want some attention i want some a bit of quick validation i want a little bit you know someone to be like oh it's okay you're doing great that's not what it's about it's about showing people that actually it's it's normal it's normal to to, to have weeks where it goes to shit and unless you talk about it it's only going to get worse because that's the only thing that's got me through this week is is a, is a few good people that i've been able to speak to who've been able to keep me from being consumed completely by what was in my head so yeah yeah i think like with the what you said there about going back to square one like i find it i, I really find it hard when people say that sentence because i don't think we can ever go back to square one like I, I do believe that we are the sum total of all our experiences, right? And so let's say, Paul, you've been doing six weeks of therapy. You've got six weeks more experience and more understanding of how your mind works. So when you do have a bad week, it's not like you've gone back to before you did all that six weeks. You've still got that six weeks of learning about yourself, the education, the support, the understanding of it all. So although you may not have made any like number progress in this week you'll look back at this week as uh, as an opportunity to say you know i know how to get myself out of the tough times like that i know how to how how when what, what it feels like for these these weeks to happen to me and i know that i can get through them and and so by going back to thinking when people think they've gone back to square one even if you take it from like a, a dietary sense where like people they start let's say start at 200 pounds they they drop 50 pounds 150 and then they get back up to 200 and I'm back to square one. Well, you're not because you, you've already done it before. So you have the experience of understanding how you got down to 150, but you also understand how you got yourself back to that position. Yeah, yeah. very good point. Yeah. And so you're now not, you're not back to square one. You're in a, you're in the same, you're at the same weight, but you're not in the same position because you have all this knowledge from what happened previously. So I don't think we ever can go back to square one. And I hate that saying because it, it therefore means that we never learn. And even if you're not trying to learn, you're still going to learn because experiences teach us everything. So, um, yeah, that's my two cents. It's quite interesting as well, because, um, you know, you were saying about things that aren't talked about and taboo. And I know that, you know, obviously I mentioned menopause quite a lot. I, I shared uh, on my story today, it was Nadia Swahalia, whatever her name, she's on telly a lot. And, and basically, <laughs> Everyone knows who she is. Shut your face. Right. I see you having um, a phone, <laughs> Type it in. It'll come up with the, like, the spelling, whatever. And she, and it was like, it was heartbreaking. She was explaining to her husband that she basically suffered for eight years, right? Because she didn't understand what was going on with her enough, right? Mm -hmm. And the stuff she read on social media or, or wherever she picked up this information from, um, she felt it was taboo to go on HRT because you should be go through it naturally and that all the side effects of HRT, it's all really scary and everyone's gonna die, um, which isn't true. And so basically she's explaining to her husband about all that this, and, she, and she's actually used the words, the wasted eight years when I couldn't, I could have not felt like that. Mm. And, and she's kicking herself. And he's just saying to her, I'm just glad to have you back. Because now she's on it, she's gone all balanced out and she's feeling much better and she's, the, the loads of her symptoms have gone. And he's just like, I'm just glad to have you back. And all that time he said nothing. He just took it, you know, and all that time she didn't talk about it. 
because nobody think, wants to talk about it because it's already blah, 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 you know and i think the i think it's a good point as well and i like the the taboo subjects that we don't talk about right i think it's They're not getting worse as well more and more well there's so many things that happen to a human while they're on this planet like there's so much stuff that goes on and i think you know it's it's a classic where you think that you're the only person going through this thing and then you mention it or you see something online where someone else has mentioned it and you're like oh actually i'm not the only one that goes through this and and i, I think it's bad the classic of like a problem shared is a problem halved right and you know you if we try and battle everything by ourselves we're just constantly battling our whole lives and i you know let's take mental health for example like everybody has bad days good days whatever one of my biggest things that i i really don't like about this mental health thing is that we're like, we're, we're starting to put people in boxes and we're starting yeah. to say well, this person yeah. 100%. Is this yeah. thing and this person's got this thing and it's like well what if you just what if you just looked at that person as an individual and you say well this is how they are feeling let's try and help them for the symptoms that they're feeling on their own individual and i don't know if that's going to be able to if the nhs can do that or whatever but i do feel it's just more of an individualized subject that if you are able to openly talk about it people can actually identify what you're going through not what yeah. a questionnaire online says or what google search says because we're not generic none of us are generic we're all very individual and we're all very um oh, what word i'm looking for um special let's say and i don't think being able to put people in boxes is really going to help help that individual on a daily basis is that um, what makes sense? and i and i think if you if yeah it's a bit like when i worked at the high school um and i'm it was kind of like my first time I, I didn't know anything about Asperger's or autism or any of that stuff. I knew nothing. And I, I started the school. Um, my first year group I had was year eight. And most of the kids, great. Then you had some kids wouldn't stay in the classroom. They were rude. They were running around. They would literally just to me, because I went to school with some naughty kids, they were naughty kids. You know, yeah. running around, throwing paper, wouldn't do any writing, da, 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 da. Um, but they ended up getting put in a box. So yeah. they'd go through all these rigorous testing and all this stuff. And, and then, you know, they, they would get put in a box like, oh, yeah, you've got this on the spectrum of number one, blah, 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 whatever that means, and then get special help. Yeah. And but then sometimes these kids, you've only got to get the parents in and you're like, OK. You know, but then they they'd be pushing. They wanted they want a diagnosis. They want to know what's wrong with their child and why they're naughty. When when we were naughty when we were kids, like you were just naughty. Well, it's the exactly same thing. The kid's just naughty. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't like school. <laughs> yeah. Can I just finish that? Just quick it up. Yeah. But it was very interesting because there was at least four kids who I know were in the time that I was at the school, which was four years, who were diagnosed with um, something on the spectrum or this or that. They were put in a box and for the whole of their school year, they got special help and TA and this, that and the other. And when they left school, they were completely normal, went to sixth form, got A-levels and went and got jobs. Well, it's really funny you say this because I was having this conversation the other day and like, this is a very, this is very personal to me as well because school for me, I never got school. 
I loved it. I thought it was great. I loved having a laugh on mates. But I was, I was, it's totally into tennis. My whole life was tennis. And all I wanted to do was play tennis. So school never appealed to me. And so like now, if you look at me and my, and we kind of looked at my personality, I'm all in, I'm all out, right? And so with tennis, I was all in. School, didn't get it, was all out. Didn't want to know about it, right? So I was constantly in the bottom classes. I was constantly, you know, I got three GCSEs. I was just, and I was constantly being told whether it's consciously or subconsciously, that you're stupid, that you're not academic, that, that because you're not getting A's, you're not one of the bright kids, right? And then when I left school and was playing, I didn't really think about education and I went out to the States. And then what the States did for me was they said, right, in order for you to carry on playing tennis, you've got to have certain grades, right? So I was like, oh, I need to pay attention in class. I actually need to get my schoolwork done. So I then, after four years, learned to play the system, learned to, you know, choose classes that I liked, learned to um, do, do the work the way I wanted to do it, study the way I wanted to study. Came out of a really good grade point average, which is what we do in, uh, what you have in the States. And so I came up with basically the equivalent of a 2-1, right? Which, if, any, if you talk to any of my teachers, they would have said there's no way he's going to university, there's no way he's getting any qualifications. I then spent the rest of my 20s and early 30s in education of some sort, but education that I chose to do, education that I wanted, I was interested in. So now I look at myself and say, I'm actually a very educated individual and I love, I love education. And people would say, I, I would like to say I'm, I'm vaguely intelligent, but because of the box, yeah, I know, I know. But because of the box that I was put in in school, for many years after that, I was like, yeah, I'm just dumb. I, I'm just an athlete. I just play tennis. I'm not an intellect. But I've actually gone on to do more things in education than most people do. So I think when we put people in boxes in a certain situation, it is too generic. Like, I, I do, think it can hold people back. That box has got four sides, you know. For, and how, I, many sides, how many sides has the box got? I don't know. I need to, <laughs> I need to, don't put me on the spot like that. But um, yeah. So what are you saying about being intelligent? <laughs> <laughs> I just said four. I just said four. Just, just get me off here now. Just get me off here now. I just said four. Four sides. What a donut! Oh my god! How to make yourself look like a donut? And then you didn't know, Paul. How many sides has a box got, please? It's got its four sides. It's just got help us out here, mate. <laughs> On top and the bottom as well, isn't it? Oh, that works. There you go. That's the yeah. bit I missed out. Thanks. Otherwise, it's yeah. I'm more concerned about the fact that you, Gally, you oh. were, Tom went to a school where they were putting kids in boxes if they were. <laughs> they weren't. <laughs> I don't know what that never happened at any schools we, I've been to. We let not, them out when their parents turned up. I mean, it, you know, it, they, they had lunch. It wasn't like. You know, it was cages at our school, so oh no, they had freedom, they, they could get in and out when they wanted. It wasn't like a you know, like a, it wasn't taped shut. Well, some of them, um, no, they weren't, but no, it, it, it's very, it, it's very interesting because also, you know, they it, every it, like, talk, like, let's talk about so taboo subjects that everyone's allowing it to happen i mean the obesity thing to do with covid has been the biggest joke literally as soon i remember last year as soon as that got put out there 
that, oh, actually, statistically, it's quite late in the day as well. It's quite late, wasn't it? Um, I think the, think main, the mainstream media got hold of it late, but we, we've known this for a long time. But it was quite interesting because it wasn't jumped on. It wasn't jumped on. It was everywhere. It wasn't jumped on and it became taboo. More so than it ever has before, I think. What about you guys? Yeah, I mean, it, it comes down to the same thing is that we don't want to be told something that doesn't fit with a narrative that we want, right? So, you know, if we're overweight, we don't want to be told we're overweight because that might hurt our feelings and that might, well, you've got to change your eating patterns or you've got to change the foods that you eat. And, you know, it comes down to, I have a very black and white view on nutrition, right? And I think we all have a responsibility to eat um, in a responsible way. Now, does this mean that you can't eat, um, let's say fun foods or foods that you like? No, but you've got to be responsible with them. The same thing you would is I love to have a drink, but I know I have to be responsible when I drink. I know that I can't drink every single day. Um, and you know, I, I, I have a car. I know that there's a speed limit. I could drive down the road hundred miles an hour, but I choose to be responsible and drive 30 in a 30 or 35, 40, maybe, but like, you know, like we have a responsibility that we have these options to go out and eat and do things that are negative to our health. But I feel like we have to be very aware with that responsibility that we can make the choices that are going to be right for us and, and benefit us, even if they don't fit the necessarily narrative we want. I would love to drive hundred miles an hour everywhere. I get there a lot faster, but I also know I'll probably end up killing myself or a lot of people on the way. So I don't do it. And it's the same thing with like nutrition. I would love to tell people, Hey, you could eat whatever you want and you'll be fine. But that's just not the case. That's not reality. So at some point, these taboo subjects need to be talked about because people need a reality check and we need to change the narrative of, yes, you can eat any food you want, but be responsible with how much you're eating. Because at the end of the day, if you're gaining weight, your body is not an optimal state because your body doesn't want to gain that weight unless you are underweight at the time. But if it doesn't pass that. It doesn't want to be obese. So at some point, be responsible with the food you're consuming. Good, Paul. I, yeah, just to follow on with that, I think that that I always draw a parallel between like calorie intake and, and like financial scenarios in terms of you know balancing your calories in versus calories out is like balancing your books financially. And just to elaborate on what Tom was saying, we all like spending money. We all like going to fucking wherever it is and spending a small fortune. But guess what? Very few of us are in a position where we can do that daily or weekly. Most people will do that once or twice a year. They'll go somewhere and they'll have a, they'll go and fucking spend a shitload of money because maybe it's after Christmas and they got given a bit of extra cash. Maybe it's after their birthday. They've got some extra cash. Maybe they've just had a bonus with work. And when you have extra disposable cash, you go and you enjoy it, but you don't do yeah. it. Anyway and you know full well that if you have a day like that, realistically, you're going to have to tighten the belt a little bit for, few weeks or a few months afterwards and you limit how often you do it and that is that's encouraged that's called being sensible with your money yet the problem we have we have two issues with the industry at the moment issue number one is that most people don't view their calorie intake in a practical manner they don't even understand that calorie intake even is a factor as to why they're overweight 
And then you've got the simple fact that the minute anybody tries to apply the same logic of going, right, well, it's all about how much I eat versus how much I spend and making sure that one doesn't outweigh the other two too heavily, they get labeled as obsessive and it's and you know, there's this negative stigma put on there. And it's like, hold on a minute. If we're going to praise somebody up because they're really good at managing their finances and at the end of each month, they've got a bit of money left over and they save it up. And every few months they go and spend on something nice. Like, oh, you're a good little saver. You've got a nice little nest egg. Go you. Yet somebody tries to do that food and 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 they're like, oh, you're, you're an obsessive prick. No, let's take a big step back here. Let's unfortunately not pander to the the sensitivity of the fact that people who are overweight perhaps don't want to have the finger pointed at them they don't want to be told that they're overweight nobody nobody wants to be told that they've got an ugly kid but unfortunately some people have ugly kids and you can sit yeah. there and say my child is beautiful as much as you want if it looks like a fucking frog it looks fucking awful deal with it <laughs> you can still love that child it's not a problem but if it's fuck ugly don't don't try and tell me that it isn't they don't stay like frogs they, they sometimes grow up to be princes exactly oh, no. I was looking at myself in the mirror the other day and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but my, my point here is that there are times and places to, to err on the side of caution and having a conversation about obesity and how to tackle it doesn't need to become a finger pointing exercise. People who are overweight and obese will ultimately know that they're overweight or obese. So we don't need to go down the route of being like, hey, look at you, you fat shit. No, that's not what it's about. When we say raise awareness, what we're talking about is actually putting the right information out there so that when people go i'm not happy with how i look they go a bit like i'm not happy with my finances people know they need to start saving they try and make cutbacks it should be the same with our health and our fitness if people get to a point where they're like i'm not happy with how i look they should know a who to talk to or roughly what to do to address it and instead we've got a government we've got a, an industry we've got a social media society that's like let's not tell people that let's just give them a load of shit advice. And it's like, it's basically the equivalent of those fucking payday loans. And it's like, yeah. oh, you're really struggling for money. Borrow a hundred quid from us. Yeah, you'll pay back seven grand, but who cares, right? You get a hundred quid today. And it's like, and you want people end up in worse debt. Like fucking yeah. shit information le leads to nothing but ruining your situation. The reason why my mental health has been so fucking shit is purely because I ignored all the good information and decided that it was a better option to just keep telling myself, I'm all right, it'll get better. And then before you know it, you're like, oh, surely it's just easy to cut my own arm off. And the funny thing is, is it's not easier to cut your own fucking arm off. It's not easier to drive your car off, of, off the fucking road. Like that's the worst fucking option. And that comes from poor advice. I gave myself yeah. poor advice on that side of things. But ultimately, the reason why most people are obese and struggle to lose weight and keep it off is because they're not able to get good advice. Like, I think it's almost, yeah, it's almost like it's, but people have to take a step back and just for a second and go, let me think about this. Does this make sense? Is this actually going to happen? Let me look at what's going on around me. If I can, if I'm consuming these foods, I can tell myself it's OK. But then actually, if I look at the the statistics in health i mean all you got to do i mean we have google you have google and you can look at you know the consequences of these kind of things you can look at like you know if you're overspending you can have a look at what happens to people when they go into debt i mean it's just out there and everyone any situation that you're going through i'm sure someone else has gone through as well and i think it's just being being aware of of actually what's happening rather than living in that fancy world that we live in that we would like to live in
Yeah. Okay, well, we've got a couple of minutes left. Does anyone have anything you want to uh, pull? Do you want to just do you want to finish the call? And then we'll yeah, go on. Um, so just again, to follow on from what Tom was saying there, I think also what people need to start to do is to in taking that step back is to is to take a degree of ownership over the situation we've allowed as an industry as a society people to seek justification for their situation and what i mean by that is it's very easy for people to be like oh i'm big boned it's my genetics i'm addicted to sugar it oh i have a, a an issue where i eat late at night or and buy into these false prophecies as to why they are the way they are when in reality it's purely it's purely lifestyle driven and yeah. i think part of addressing stigma and removing issues much like with mental health is helping people to feel comfortable to put their hand up and say actually it's on me i wasn't doing the right thing because acceptance of your situation and acknowledgement of your troubles is the biggest gateway to being able to address it if you're always in denial that it's it's not you, it's something else. You're, ne you're never going to fix it. And I think the industry has played a key role in making it easy for people to blame anything but themselves. So I think ultimately to rid stigma and to help break the obesity issue, we need to make it easier for people to say, all right, I fucked up. How can I, how can I fix it? And make it a positive conversation in the same way that I've had to go through that through therapy for my mental health. I've had to accept that, yeah, I've, I've neglected my mind and my mental well-being for long enough. Like now, how do I fix it? Yeah. And, and that's a hard that's a hard pill to swallow for anyone that's in that position. Really fucking difficult. But the sooner we make well, it easier and more accessible to people, the, the better. Brilliant. Amen. Well, thanks, guys. That's all we've got time for. We shall touch on these subjects again. I think didn't you, Joe? Didn't you catch the end? Why are you butting in, Tom? <laughs> Why are you getting involved? Why is he even getting involved, Paul? Not even. Why are you? It's not all about you, Tom. I think we should just stop inviting him. Joe, your face on that was absolutely. Brilliant. Hang on, we're going to have to have that discussion. But yeah, anyway. So moving on before he talks again. So. Yes, yeah, so thanks guys for everything you've said today. It's been very, very informative. And I think you're absolutely right um, that there are so many things that need to be talked about more and in a very realistic and approachable way. Tom, stop. Um, but anyway, <laughs> let's end with a, have a lovely weekend. It's a long weekend for those of you who work in an office, which I don't do anymore, thank goodness. Um, so yes, have a lovely weekend, enjoy the weather, get out with family uh, now that you can. Um, and yeah, we will be back next week and we will definitely be touching on the subjects again. Happy Easter, people. Happy Easter, everybody. And remember, one egg is a nut. The only thing that the French said that was accurate. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>